You're listening to episode number six for the More Than a Woman podcast. Welcome to the More Than a Woman podcast. I'm your host, Valerie. I'm a money and mindset coach for women. And this is the show to listen to if you want the push, the reminder, the permission that you can a thousand percent be the woman you dream to be. And you could live that rich life because you are more than your mind, more than your money, more than any of your roles and everyone else's expectations of you. You are more. Welcome back. I cannot believe it is already November. The year is almost up. We have less than 60 days. It's so crazy. But I want to say thank you for tuning in today. Today's episode is really going to dive deep into a topic that is very dear to me. And I really wanted to talk about it this week because throughout the week, I've been talking to my clients and other women and things like that. And it was a very common conversation that came up when we were talking about parents and just growing up with, you know, immigrant parents or growing up in society where we have, we're in spaces that are predominantly more white and it was just something that I felt that needed to be said. And so I'm just gonna go right into it. A lot of times we talk about our family and the environments we live in, but no one really talks about how sometimes inconsistent or the lack of emotional support and encouragement that we get from certain communities and certain areas in our our life that we are in. Instead, sometimes we may get blamed or talked to as if we are inadequate for certain roles that we play and it makes us feel some type of way. A lot of times it shapes how little we come to trust ourselves as an adult. And a lot of this can develop in childhood, right? One thing that we know for sure is that many children internalize the things that are said to them. So imagine us as little kids being spoken to a certain way. We as adults have internalized these things and now are really living our lives with internal thoughts and feelings that come up now and then. For example, like you may have had maybe a parent, a teacher, or a coach who often questioned you and made maybe comments that made you feel that you didn't know enough. And now you come to not see your inner intuition or your thoughts and your instincts as a reliable compass. And so you question everything that you think, everything that you do, everything you feel. We all have dysfunctional families growing up. I know my family, there are many different things and stories I can share here, but we all have some type of dysfunction. And so maybe your family may have taught you unhealthy relationship skills. We've all got something that was unhealthy. There is a good chance that maybe you carried some of those unhealthy skills over to your adult life and now they have caused you to have some type of codependency. And so I didn't actually learn about codependency until I actually started going to therapy and it was very shocking learning about codependency and really what it looked like and the dynamic that it played in my life and so I'm going to give you another example so if you grew up in a family where it was passive aggressive communication and there was silent treatments and that was the norm as an adult you don't have the skills to resolve conflict effectively because as a child you didn't really know how to deal with that you became more likely to do whatever it took to keep the peace. 
And so when it comes to communication in codependent relationships, it is hard for you to speak your truth. You're afraid of confrontation because you're afraid of what will happen next. You'll think like, what if I lose the one I love? I'm scared. What if they leave me? What if I hurt their feelings and become a bad person? These are the thoughts that are running through your head. You then become hesitant and scared to have hard conversations. Your priority shifts from being authentic and vulnerable to being the one who keeps the peace and doesn't make any waves. But your needs just don't disappear. They pile up inside. The more you avoid addressing your needs, the more you become likely to explode. Instead of being like open and direct, you become passive rather than communicating your thoughts then and there, you have this aggressive nature to communicating. And I'm speaking from experience, right? Growing up, I had an issue where I clearly had these unhealthy relationship skills that I adapted and I became a very passive aggressive person. And with therapy, I have come to really switch the way that I speak, switch the way that I communicate, really switch the way how I make sure that I'm being heard or that I want to be listened to. And so all of this is a process and it comes from fear. Fear is the number one factor behind poor communication in codependent relationships. The most common ones in codependent relationships are fear of rejection, fear of abandonment and neglect, fear of hostility, and fear of being unloved. So you may have come to believe that being in a bad relationship is better than being alone. I know so many women nowadays that stay in their relationships because they'd rather be in a bad relationship than be alone. I know so many women that would rather stay in a, a, in a relationship that's abusive than actually take that chance and that risk of being alone. So if you struggle with pleasing people or setting boundaries, relationships become unhealthy and they become lopsided. The person who is codependent ends up doing all the heavy lifting. I want you to think in your head, who do you know that is like this? It could be yourself as well. Like I know that there are certain people that I'm doing the heavy lifting to in our relationship or there are certain situations where I just do the heavy lifting because it's easier. But when you're codependent, you want to be liked more than you want to risk being honest about what you really need. People pleasing triggers a negative cycle of self-neglect that is the hallmark of codependency. What happens is you lose yourself by focusing on others at your own expense. Seeking approval becomes more important than self-care. Now, if you relate to codependency, you likely have trouble doing a few of these things. So maybe saying no or expressing a different opinion, sitting still or doing nothing, putting your needs first, struggling with controlling outcomes, feeling like your worth comes from giving or helping all the time, getting trapped by a mountain of like obligations that you have to complete then and there, admitting that you're hurting or angry and you're feeling these feelings, detaching from other people's problems. You're consistently trying to solve other people's problems, trying to help somebody else instead of focusing on yourself. You're struggling secretly with resentment and feeling invisible because you have now put yourself last and you become in this person that starts attracting people with lots of problems. And so you're consistently surrounded with people that have problems and you make that your problem. So you end up developing a deep sense of loneliness because you can't be yourself. You're so busy doing for others that your life is never really your own. You think that you have like all the answers and let's face it, when people keep coming to you for help, it proves your point that you're needed. 
right? That this is the only thing that I'm looked for. This is the only thing I'm looked after. That's why it takes a lot for you to stop. You think that others can't survive without your help. Unfortunately, you burn yourself out in the process. When you suffer from codependency, guilt becomes your best friend. Feeling guilty is the first and almost the only emotion you feel in bad situations. Feeling guilty becomes second nature and it it really comes up ready to show up in any stressful situation you're put in because you're so conditioned in feeling it. You avoid confrontation because you don't want to risk losing someone's approval of you and you fear rejection, neglect, and abandonment. This fear causes you to be a people pleaser. How many times times have you found yourself stuck being a people pleaser or maybe there was this point in your life because I know I was there where I was consistently making sure that I was pleasing all the people around me and I would put myself last. There's a lack of firm and healthy boundaries when you become a people pleaser, leaving you feeling more at a loss of who you are and feeling disconnected from the life that you're living. You end up mastering the needs, wants, and likes of other people while your needs and your wants and your likes are just lost and you know how to best manage other people's lives but feel that you're doubtful and insecure about how to manage your life. So when all you really care about and all the attention you give is directly invested in other people, you start to feel depleted. Ironically, you have codependency because you are afraid of being abandoned, but you have come to abandon yourself in this process. When you lose contact with your authentic self, your true self is abandoned. You come to learn not to trust yourself, not to trust your feelings, not to trust your opinions. This makes it harder for you to advocate for yourself. You disown your opinions because of the underlying negative thinking you come to think. Like for example, you may think like others know better than me. You might be saying to yourself, what if what, what if I'm wrong? Or what if I'm not enough? Or you know, I'm behind already, so let me just listen to this person. You start to devalue your own opinion and place a higher value on other people and their opinions. When you have this, when you do this, you are starting to condition yourself into having low self-esteem. You start to seek external validation rather than relying on your inner validation. Others' approvals of you and what they think of you becomes more important than what you think of yourself. Your lack of trust in your inner voice is influenced by earlier life experiences. There are unhealthy past relationships that shape our negative self-talk. So think about the things that have happened in your childhood, the things that you have experienced so far in your young adult life, maybe middle school, high school, All these things have shaped you in being codependent in some type of way. One of the hardest things for codependent people is to say no. They're so used to putting others first that they may not recognize when their own needs aren't being met. You may you know, worry that a no will ruin the relationship that you're in right now. But drawing healthy boundaries can actually benefit your relationship. When people communicate clearly what they do and do not want, there is less room for misunderstandings. A no can also help someone prioritize their time and energy on the tasks that really matter. Over time, you may develop more energy and a better mood just from saying no. These changes can improve the relationships as a whole that you are in. Boundaries can vary depending on one's needs. So for example, a couple may set a limit on how frequently they text each other, right? That's a boundary. Or two people that are about to get married may have a conversation on sharing their finances, right? That's another boundary. 
or even communicating simple boundaries about like how you communicate through phone or who you speak to or how you speak to a person all improve your trust and help you feel more secure in yourself when someone's following that boundary that you have set. If you aren't sure how to say no to a loved one, these are some tips that you can follow. One, leave no room for doubt. Saying no out loud often works better than hinting at it. So don't let them doubt that you said no be very clear. Two, be willing to repeat yourself. If a loved one is used to you caving in, you may need to say no a few times before they realize you are serious. Three, don't invent excuses. Lying about non-existent obligations will likely hurt you in the long run. So if you need to just say no, say no. Don't make a story up. Consider passing the torch. You may try directing the person to someone who can help them better, for example, you may not have time to babysit or, you know, somebody in your family, but your your aunt or maybe your godmother or, you know, a friend may jump in at the chance to spend time with that child. Accept that you can't please everyone. Some people don't like to compromise, but the other person does not have to approve of your boundary if it's valid and it is totally valid for you not to please everyone. It's possible to support the people in your life without feeling as if you have to save them. I'm gonna repeat that. It is possible for you to support the people in your life without feeling as if you have to save them. I know as a daughter of immigrants that I always felt like I needed to save my parents from everything because I would get this guilt built up in me if I wasn't saving them from something. But support comes from encouraging and listening to people. Saving is fixing the problem before they even have a chance to solve it themselves. I had to learn that my parents also are learning. Even though they are adults, even though they're my parents, they needed to learn how to save themselves. I could not do everything for them. There's a certain amount of life learning that comes from fixing one's own mistakes. And if you come in and fix everything for someone, that person loses a chance to learn coping mechanisms and develop self-confidence. They may need those life skills to solve a similar problem later. I want you to think of, and I feel like I always bring this up, but think of babies, right? Like if we solved every problem for them, if we just handed them everything instead of the baby crawling to it or walking to it, like we're making them codependent on us. And we're not teaching them learning mechanisms on how to soothe themselves or even how to regulate their emotions. Being the perfect friend, the perfect partner, the perfect family member will not fix someone's abusive behavior. And that's something that's so important. I've seen so many women, so many of us stuck in abusive relationships because we think that just by being a perfect person for them is going to fix it. But caretaking can be emotionally, mentally, and physically exhausting. Codependent people give so much and it can be especially important to make time for self-care. Self-care can take several forms. You can maybe nurture your body with exercise and nutritious meals. You can improve your mood by spending time with your friends or doing a hobby. Any activity that brings you happiness can qualify as self-care. Not taking care of yourself may lead to burnout and compassion fatigue. This can prevent you from caring for anyone, much less the people you love the most. At the end of the day, it is possible to care for both yourself and those around you. Make time for yourself. 
you are worth it. When working on overcoming codependency, you also need to change the relationship you have with your emotions. When you have gone so long taking care of others and putting others' needs before yours, you inevitably come to neglect your emotions. During the recovery phase, you learn to be more aware of your emotions and create a toolbox full of coping skills. You start with identifying and naming your emotions. You start by paying attention to them, by observing them and describing your feelings and being non-judgmental because your feelings are valid. It is best to respond to your fears and your insecurities with self-compassion and kindness rather than shame and embarrassment. Fears are part of being a human being. Your fears don't make you weak and yet they don't have to dictate your life as well. When you are new to setting healthy boundaries, you probably are asking yourself, How do I set these boundaries? I don't know where to begin. When you're learning to redefine your boundaries, start with paying attention to your feelings, specifically feelings of anger and resentment. When you start to set new boundaries, you can start to pay attention to how it made you feel afterward. After you say no, are you feeling calm and at peace? Because often when we set poor boundaries and say yes to things, when we should have said no, it leaves us feeling angry and resentful. These emotions can signal to you that you just violated your own boundaries. Your emotions are telling you that you were not being authentic and your emotions are telling you that you were people pleasing. Your emotions are telling you that you should have said no. You need to pay attention to how you're feeling after you set a boundary to set, to help you know if that was the right one. It is normal that initially when you start to set new and healthy boundaries, you might feel uncomfortable and guilty. Trust me, it was very uncomfortable for me when setting boundaries with my parents, with other family members. And I, a lot of times, felt really guilty because you have a history of being afraid of hurting other people's feelings. And it is also normal that the other person will not right away respect or even understand your new boundary. And they will, they may or may not try to manipulate you to revert back to your old ways. Please do not take the other person's response as an indication that you are doing something wrong. When you only focus on yourself, it is also important to be reasonable and flexible with yourself. Just because you let go of controlling the other person doesn't mean you won't start to have high expectations of yourself. We can be just as guilty of being perfectionist with ourselves. Letting go of perfectionism starts with accepting that as human beings, we are meant to have flaws and imperfections. We can let go of expecting ourselves to be perfect. So here are the takeaways that I want you to get from this episode. One, putting yourself last creates a mountain of resentment that goes unexpressed and not honoring your needs has to stop. Instead of asking what they want, speak up about what you want. Include your two cents because you count. Your opinion, your thoughts, all of that counts. Two, not expressing your feelings creates passive aggressive behavior. By not admitting that you're upset, feelings come out later in sarcastic or hurtful comments. So trust me, I know, I've been there. When the pain of staying silent becomes too much, that pain is going to force you to speak up. And it may hurt somebody even more later on down the line. Three, admitting that you don't know it all is actually the good news. 
You can take a deep breath because always having to be right is exhausting. By trying to solve everyone's problem, it creates unnecessary stress that wipes you out in the process. So be okay by not knowing it all and not having to solve it all all the time. Four, stay in your lane. Knowing how to let go of what is not your responsibility is what defines detachment. That's when you can let someone else make their own choices without trying to control the outcome. If they are a functioning adult, let them deal with it. If even thinking about letting go makes you anxious, you are not alone. Trust me, letting go is one of the hardest things you will ever have to do, but you need to start. Five, saying no makes you more honest in relationships. When you say yes all the time, resentment will creep in. Realize that saying no is an important boundary for your self-care. In codependency recovery, taking the risk of saying no means that your needs count. No one ever died from saying no. Remember that. Six, you can ask for what you need. By asking for what you need, you will have a fighting chance of getting it. Part of the codependent struggle centers around doing everything yourself and not asking for help. Your superpower is juggling so many balls in the air and none of them are yours. Recovery is about moderation. You can still give, but not when it hurts you. So just focus on juggling your balls for now. Focus on getting yourself where you need to be. Seven, trying to fix, advise, or control other people's behavior, especially when there's an addiction, distracts you from solving your own problems. Once you let go of what isn't yours, other person and other people have the opportunity to take care of themselves. Whenever you're trying to change a behavior, being patient with yourself helps. Stop putting everyone else's needs above your own. This is how you develop feelings of resentment and emptiness. You can improve relationships. You can decrease your depression and anxiety and improve your self-esteem. Start with learning self-compassion. It's time you take back your life. Stop letting others make decisions for you because you are worth more. You are more than what you're giving out right now. You deserve more self-care, more love, and more, so much more than other people's problems. Thanks for listening to the More Than a Woman podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate and review the show and share it with your sister, best friend, mother, aunt, coworker, and any other woman that you feel needs to hear these words. It's the best way you can show your support. I'd also love to connect on Instagram. So go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or a picture of you listening to the show and share it to your Instagram stories and mention me at Holistically Money Savvy. Also, if you'd like to join our More Than a Woman community to get all the behind the scenes goodies and meetups, subscribe to our email list with the link in our show notes. Until then, remember, you have a story, you have something to say, you have rooms to fill and crowns to wear. You were made for more.